Welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. On the Weather of the Mind podcast, we try to meet up once a week, offer some encouragement, encourage you to keep living and learning and know that we are all trying to figure this out together. And we also try to provide some practical approaches to emotional health. And during this second season, we've been exploring the UP series produced by Granada Television in England. And today we're talking about the episode 49 UP. So we have our characters in this documentary series. We've seen them at age 7, at age 14, 21, 28, 35, 42, and 49. For what it's worth... I would say that the perhaps the, ha- the the happiest we've seen these characters since age seven is probably in their 40s. 42 and now 49, I would say on average people are in a pretty good place in their life. They're still pretty young, but they're also feeling pretty grounded. As, as Susie said, I think I'm at the happiest right now because I'm I'm really comfortable in my own skin. And that's, that's quite telling and quite beautiful. So one of the themes I take from this week's, this week's podcast would be maybe the question. Meaningful, meaningful work and meaningful relationships. Is this the foundation of a good life? So when I was watching this episode and then rewatching it and going through it, I was looking at a lot of these characters are in a good place right now in their lives because they found meaningful work and meaningful relationships. In this episode, we found some characters finding new love and new marriages, Nick and Sue. And we saw examples of people who are just really passionate and, and loving their work. And finding their niche in the world. So, so there's a social niche. And there is a vocation niche, a work niche. So let's think about how do we, let's think about those two things, meaningful work, meaningful relationships. And we think about relationships, we're talking about kids and grandkids and and wives and close relatives. We're also talking about camaraderie of friendship. And we're also talking about neighbors and villages Here's a clip from Jackie, who grew up in the East End, but now lives up in Scotland. And she's found a really great village-type environment to raise her three boys. And she's speaking about the importance of that and how much it reminds her of the the old times in which she grew up. Tell me about that. Because of the arthritis that I've got, I needed to come to the ground floor. And this particular area that I'm in now is an area that I like. It's close to uh, Liz, my mother-in-law. So from that point of view, it's it suits. Um, the school's across the road for the boys. Good neighbours, which makes a difference wherever your property is. It's how the East End used to be about 30 years ago. The doors used to be open, the neighbours all watched for each other. If one neighbour had a problem, the other neighbours helped out. Well, that's how it is here. That's what this place is like. It's like a village. Talking about meaningful relationships, I want to start by, in this episode, we had a real explosion of grandkids. Tony and Paul, 
both really just gushing about the pure joy they have in spending time with their grandkids and the love that they find to be as powerful as a love of their own kids. So let's drop in uh, and hear Tony hanging out with his grandkids. Tony's five, Ari's four, nearly five, and little Pooh, she's nearly two. And three? She's three! Oh. I'm an hands-on granddad. I love my grandchildren more than you can imagine. I'd say not my own kids, but in a different way. I'm, it's an obsession of love, you know? And now here is Paul, the Aussie, and his wife, Sue, speaking of their grandchildren. What you doing? I mean, we only have two children because we, we thought that we couldn't love any more children as much as we loved our two. And now we've got our two grandchildren and we just love them. You love them as much, as you really much, do. As much, yeah. With Rob and Stacey, we don't really know how long they're going to last for, and I keep my fingers crossed they will last. We can only hope that they work at it like we do. So grandkids, grandkids, contributing to the great chain of human history and, and seeing your own, um, your own... I think it helps people with their own mortality to have children and to have grandchildren and just to see that they are, this is part of them and, and this is alive in the world and to be able to nurture and grow. I'm someone who has never been a father and I don't know if I ever will be a father. So I'm very curious about this notion and this joy of fatherhood or motherhood and grandparenthood, but... I'm a firm believer that there are all types of joys in life and all different niches for different people. So let's move on to new love. New love and passionate work. I thought I thought Nick, Nick's the one who moved to, he's the one from the Dales who moved to the United States to teach at, at uh, Wisconsin. And he is very passionate about his work and ended up going through a divorce that he said it was quite devastating, but then a, f a bit later he met a, n a new lady and seemingly very much in love with each other and both are professors and both are devoted to their work. But they seem to have found a nice balance of intense work and intense love and it's really grounding them. I also wanted to mention Sue. Sue is one of the three girls from the East End. She has, she has two kids, but she went through a divorce. Well, she was just with a new boyfriend at 42 up and they are still uh, together and they're engaged at 49 up and she's feeling really strong with that relationship it seems, but also she has found work that she really loves and she is an administrator at a, at a at, let's, let's listen to an excerpt from the documentary. When the children were old enough to go to school, Sue went back to work and had a series of office jobs. She now helps run the MA courses in the legal faculty of the University of London. I still work for the college, but we moved to central London. Now I sort of the main administrator for the for the programme instead of an assistant, you know, and I've got a couple of people that help me with that. Hey, could you fax that to Mary for me, please? Thanks. Do you like the responsibility? Yeah, I love the responsibility. I think I was born for the responsibility. Yeah, I love it. I think I was born for the responsibility. 
I think I was born for the responsibility. What a notion of vocation and calling and finding your niche. How could you not feel half at peace in the world in those situations? Got some good people in your life? You're halfway home. All right. Moving on. Now let's let's talk about Bruce. Now Bruce is a good example because Bruce is a very devoted Now Bruce is a little boy in the military school who wanted to be a missionary. So Bruce has always since he was seven, I had this calling to serve. And, and Bruce has been a teacher in the inner cities. He's been a teacher in, in India. Really a dutiful public servant. And he's someone who ended up getting married around age 40. And now he has two kids. And he just seems like he's really built a very social um, but well-rounded life. And maybe, maybe he's the most... Seemingly one of the most content people on this documentary. I mean, he is. He also seems to be doing it all. He has a wife. He's got two kids. He's a teacher. He coaches cricket. And he's on a cricket team. So he is really socially engaged and socially involved. Now, I wanted to hear two quotes from him that I thought were very interesting. The first, he's talking about... This image of river wearing away at a stone. And he was trying to explain why he left inner city teaching to go to a more elite private school. And I think it's I think it's important to recognize that there are there are very different types of jobs with different sets of challenges. So here he is. Has it been a kind of compromise of political principles for you, this? Well, I would say, you know, have a million angels in front of every teacher who's prepared to slog away to an inner city comprehensive. Make way, make way. This is somebody who's prepared to turn up each day and do that job. Where's the graph? 60. Right, so when the tank is full after naught hours... It's that motto, water weareth away a stone by dripping upon it, not by smashing it, was a sort of motto for teaching that you, you kept on teaching them and that eventually it would get through and the pupils would change and learn and develop and so on. But I think in the end the reverse happened. That water dripping on me wore me away. I just thought, I don't think I can do this till I'm 60 and therefore I'll have to do something else. Do your old friends give you a hard time about what you've done? They certainly do. They absolutely do. They say, oh, you know, have we joined the Tory party, the golf club, the Masons, you know, um, you're driving a much better car than you used to and so on. Now, another thing I wanted to focus on Bruce is Bruce seems like a really good coach. He seems to have a very grounded, kind of well-rounded sense about him and a very paternal, caring disposition. So I was excited to see that he's a cricket coach. And he was talking about keeping these kids out of trouble on Saturdays by, by giving them sports. And I am, I'm a huge proponent of sports teams. I, I think it's extremely important for kids to be involved in a, a team of some sorts, whether it's a sports team or an informal time to play sports with their friends. I think sports and games are extremely important. And here is Bruce uh, once again. Here he is talking about his experience as a coach. I run one of the junior teams here, the under-13s. 
and there'd be you know nearly 200 boys there doing that on a Saturday rather than other things that could waylay them. So it's that combination of playing within a team and the, the ability to back each other up and form friendships that's, that's such a nice thing. All right, now let's talk a little bit about Neil. Neil is a very beloved character, not just by me, but it seems like if I if I read about the documentary series online or in the YouTube comments, there is a there's a strong appreciation for Neil and Neil's struggles. Neil even says that he get he's gotten hundreds or thousands of fan mail, and people can relate to his uh, I would say sometimes his discomfort or his lack of a niche in society. One of our listeners wrote into me and said, you know, I think you're being too easy on Neil. And I think that was that was good criticism. So I wanted I reflected upon that. And one thing of note is my this listener has never has not watched the documentary series because perhaps when you see Neil, you see he wears a lot of his struggle on his body on his body language and his facial expression and the way he walks and and just in kind of his disheveled nature really like he's been struggling really like he's been struggling with this world and I just want to I just want to I just want to give him a hug I do care for Neil and I feel that I kind of feel like I know a lot of people like Neil and I can relate there's been aspects of my life that are relatable to Neil and periods of my life where I felt I just don't I just don't fit in. Yes, I have a good skill set. Yes, I'm smart. Yes, but some of us, myself, many of our listeners, we need meaningful work. We need I I don't I don't get paid for this podcast, but just knowing that it has value and that it resonates with people and people listen and appreciate it. That is a there's a currency there, and that kind of currency to me is more is more real than the currency of money. Now I have other I have other jobs where I make enough money to pay my my cost of living, and if the podcast grows and it becomes a source of income someday, that's great. But I've had to lead with meaningful work. I've had to lead with not just chasing money, but chasing meaning chasing meaningful niches in society. And I think Neil is someone who just needs a meaningful role in society. And for a number of reasons, many of which are unapparent to us, because we only see these small glimpses, we don't really know all of his challenges. We just see these these little slices of his life and the characters in the documentary as a whole, uh, uh, slices of their lives. So I do have a lot of compassion for Neil and... Uh, have I been too easy on him? I, I don't know. Let me know what you think, listeners. Let's get some other opinions in there. Uh, I tend to just look at the seven-year-old child in every adult. And if I see a struggle of loss and anxiety on their face, I can't help but be compassionate. And Neil has had that for a long time. But the good news is the 40s have been good to Neil. Neil is doing as good as ever. I think he was doing as good as as ever on 42. And I think he's even doing better now. And Neil still is dropping wisdom. He he's an introvert. He is a thinker. He we find him in this episode leading 
becoming a lay minister in a church, which seems like a really good niche for him. We see him getting in, remaining involved in politics as a council person. We see him getting partially pay, getting a, a part-time stipend for being a council person now. He's moved back to the country, out of England. So he's found his place in the world. He has meaningful work through politics and making the world a better place through politics. He has direct meaningful work through ministry. And he is in nature. And he says he feels very close to creation and God when he is in nature. And that's very grounding for him. So I think life's a lot about kind of just understanding who we are. Trusting that we understand it properly. And just trying to match that puzzle piece up with life as we know it. And... And not being afraid to make changes. Like we said with with Bruce, our missionary teacher, who was a devoted inner city teacher who said, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do this till I'm, till I'm 60. This is too emotionally exhausting. So knowing our limits, knowing what's sustainable, we have to build a sustainable path for ourselves. So let's drop into the interview portion with Neil talking about his romantic relationships and just philosophizing about life as we often find him. No, I've never married and I don't have a girlfriend at the moment. Um, and I've, it's one of the regrets of my life actually that I, I've not met um, somebody of the other sex I, I, I thought I could have a more permanent relationship with. Um, but uh, but I, I, I'm probably not the easiest of people to get on with. I did have one girlfriend for close on two years, so maybe I'm not as completely hopeless a character as, um, as might, might appear to be the case. But you, you have to make do with, with, with the reality. And there, there are many things that might have happened in my life that, that haven't happened. And there is little point in, 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 in being regretful and, and, and angry about that. You seem to have such a much stronger sense of purpose to your life than you've had before. I see that, that life comes once and it's quite short and you have to appreciate what's good in it. And if I could just tell a, a short story. I was just sunbathing and I, I, a butterfly landed quite close to me with beautiful wings, deep red colours and white sort of circles on them. And I mean, these, these creatures don't last very long. But it landed very close to me. It wasn't. It didn't seem frightened, and it just seemed to delight in opening and closing its wings, and just just actually being beautiful for that period of time, enjoying the sunshine. And perhaps there isn't actually any more to life than that, than just being what you are, realizing that there that life goes all around, and there are millions of other living creatures who all have to find their part as well. Meaningful work, meaningful relationships. And we think about meaningful relationships, it's not just the romantic ones, it's the friends, it's the camaraderie. It's also the village, the neighbors, the acquaintances. And our meaningful work is not just our paid job, it's our avocation. It's what we do in our free time, where we volunteer, how, do we, how are we involved in our communities, our villages, our neighborhoods? Where is our niche? How well do we know ourselves and how does that help us find our niche? Can we have patience 
and find the niche and know that it might take us into our 40s or 50s. But they say Julia Child, the great cooking teacher, never started even cooking until her 50s. Let's keep our eyes open and keep learning about the world and keep learning about ourselves, but let's also have patience. Trust. Trust in the journey. All right, I hope this has been some nice little uh, camaraderie for the journey for you today. I wish you well. Keep living and learning. Keep accepting the the ebbs and the flows, the great river, river of life, the river that flows through all of us. Okay, drop me a line, pass the podcast along, and have a great day. Bye-bye.